Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, a Limerick businessman has certainly been through the highs and lows uh, over the last decade or so. Podrick Broderick, who owns the spa in Croom and would be very well known uh, to uh, many listeners from that, uh, has bought the premises of the old Ulster Bank building in Croom, which is next door to the spa and is about to expand. And the irony of the story is Podrick bought the bank that sold his loans to a vulture fund and he joins us this morning to tell us about that and other things. Uh, good morning to you, Podrick. How are you doing? Good morning, Joe. Very well, thanks. Now, anyone who knows Croom and the surrounding areas will know your shop and know you uh, well. So how's business at the moment? Yeah, I suppose, look, Joe, we're, we're heading into a very bright future um, after what we've come through over the past 10 years. Uh, there were 10 very difficult years um, I never force, foresaw that, that the bank would close and that I'd end up potentially moving my own store in there. Yeah, so what are the plans then? Uh, the plans, uh, we just applied for planning permission to extend the existing shop into the bank and to redevelop the entire site. And Chrome itself, it seems to have developed a real vibrancy again. Yeah, I suppose we were hit hard six or seven years ago when the two banks closed in Chrome. Um, AIB had been in Croom for over 100 years and between the AIB and Ulster Bank they employed 25 people and I suppose they were responsible for bringing three or, three or 400 people into Croom every day so I suppose it hit us hard but uh, the people of Croom are very resilient and stood up and dusted themselves down and I suppose between Croom Development Association and other groups in Croom I suppose we got together and um, you can see the fruits of our labour today in Croom. Yeah. No, you're a serious businessman, but you're a bit of a character as well, and you often bring the two together, don't you? Didn't you write to a government minister looking for, was it Mother's Day to be moved earlier this year? We do. We do have, we do have a lot of fun on Facebook. Uh, with a with a small cast, um, with a chippy, a local chippy, comes in every morning for a cup of coffee, and he's the man behind the camera. And the manager outside, Mike, would be a Richard Gear lookalike. Uh, Gary would be the local heartthrob and myself uh, I suppose we're, we're the cast and we have two minutes every morning to make a quick uh, sketch and they seem to have gone down very well and people seem to be looking for more so I suppose we, we've kept at it and it's just a bit of fun and mainly laughing at ourselves I'd say Why did you want the minister to move Mother's Day again? Well I suppose that was a bit of tongue in cheek the Mother's Day fell on the, the same day as the Limerick match the National League final and again it was only something we put up on our own Facebook page but it gathered traction and covered by yourselves and the national media and amid the broadsheets and um, I, I suppose I didn't realise that I'd be trolled after a lot of people thought I was serious but it, like I say it was only a bit of crack Some people thought it was serious Yeah 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 exactly there were some choice comments like so uh, the trolling hit me hard but I'm bouncing back again Yeah it is a double edged sword isn't it it's a great publicity tool social media but you just never know what you're going to attract yeah, it's funny, it's amazing the way people react. Like, you know, sure it was obvious, it was only a bit of fun. But again, look, we had great crack in the shop and we actually celebrated Mother's Day Eve, which was a new invention. So we really had two two cracks at it in Croom. Did the minister ever respond? He did, actually. He he, um, he rang my, my wife at home looking for me and uh, she didn't believe it was him looking for me, but he got through to me anyway and... Uh, I think he said a few words for the leader and I think he contacted yourself but he realised it was a bit of fun. Yeah, uh, and I know you also do something around RT's Operation Transformation which is a very well-known show, Padraig. 
Yeah, we do. Uh, every, every year, we I suppose, with uh, the people of Croom, we hit the park and I suppose we um, mimic what everyone else is doing in the country this year. I myself um, was the team leader. I had a few pounds to lose and uh, successfully managed to get rid of a few pounds, even though I think they've managed to crept, have crept back in again. Sure. Yeah, we're chatting to Podrick, uh, Broderick from um, is the sparring Croom about his business career and other things. But I, what we want to get to is this fascinating contrast, you know, how t- tough did things get for you during the economic crash? Well, I suppose to give it to you in a nutshell, Joe, after four years of leasing the shop in Croom, it came up for sale. It was the height of the boom and obviously everything was really inflated in Ireland, housing and commercial properties. Uh, I put together a proposal to the bank. Um, it was obvious the shop needed a, re- a revamp. It needed to be extended. Uh, the whole thing made a lot of sense. Managed to secure the loan to purchase the property and applied for planning permission. Um, about 18 months later, had plan of permission, and then the crash came. Um, and, and, we, and this was dealing with Ulster Bank? Dealing with Ulster Bank, yeah. Um, when the crash came, so did it my plans for redevelopment. So I suppose it hit us really hard. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, and it happens a lot in businesses, you know, people see the outside of it, but don't necessarily realise what's happening in the background. You, you found yourself in a situation where you would have been depending upon reasonable growth in the local economy and of course it disappeared almost overnight and then suddenly that loan that you have to pay back feels very big indeed. Yeah, I think the whole basis of the plan was the redevelopment of the shop and with that gone now I was really going to be pushing water up the hill for the next few years. Um, little did I know how long it would last and I don't think anyone else realised it either. Now, I, I will say after about 18 months having thrown my own house into the mix and I was at the depths of despair I called in Grant Horton and we went and we approached the bank and with the staff and crew um, all 32 of them we put together kind of cost cutting measures and trimmed the shop and made it nice and lean and the bank accepted that I would continue to pay 90% of the mortgage which we continue to do for 10 years Sorry you just kind of threw that in as an aside what do you mean you put your house into the mix? Well I suppose we had to reduce that and at the time we thought that the, the boom going was was temporary like no one foresaw that this was going to happen so I suppose we emptied everything we had into the shop you know thinking that it would turn around or we'd manage to trade our way out of it but I think after two years I realised this wasn't going to happen and, and what did you do with your personal home what do you mean? Uh, well, you see you threw it into the mix sorry what, what? well we got rid of we got rid of the debt and any profit from the house went into back into the shop right. but look it was a logical thing to do at the time I know, but logic is one thing, but emotion must have been huge. Uh, we're chatting to Podrick, Broderick from Spar and Croom. Well, I suppose, just thinking back, and most people go into business, don't go into business for a quick buck. You know, people go into trying to develop a viable business with a long-term future, and I suppose my eyes were always on the end goal. Hmm. And you um, managed a deal with Ulster Bank at the time. Yeah, I know. I have to give credit to Ulster Bank. You know, they were always conscious. There was 32 people um, working with me in Croom. And I suppose I couldn't have approached Ulster Bank without the backing of the 32 strong team in Crum. But when did the Vulture Fund appear on the horizon? Well, I suppose our relationship continued to be very good with Ulster Bank, even though it had put day-to-day pressure on the running of the store. Um, When the bank came up for sale, obviously there was a head-off decision that any distressed loans um, would be sold to the Vulture Funds. And even though I probably had the loan paid twice over, the fact that I wasn't paying full capital interest meant I fell into that category and I was sold off to the vulture funds. 
Okay, we'll take a short break and we'll come back to you about that when we're talking to Podrick Broderick uh, from the Spar in Croom. Lots of people will know him and his successful business, but uh, as he's telling us, there are ups and downs along the road, that's for sure. I'm really enjoying our chat this morning with uh, Podrick Broderick from uh, the uh, Spar in Croom in County Limerick. Um, and you were telling us about um, your negotiations with Ulster Bank on, on a big loan that you got just before the crash to expand the business. Um, and you made progress there then they sold it to a vulture fund what happened with that well i suppose joe the vulture funds are called vulture funds for a reason and i suppose they wanted to extract more from the business um and it, it wasn't there now i suppose I, I didn't say earlier on from from get go you know the 32 people in the shop were involved in this they knew exactly where we were what we had to do i think they understood that when i opened the shop on a monday morning that there was always a chance that i wouldn't be closing it at the end of the week um, that I wouldn't have the keys to it. So I suppose I had that kind of power behind me and it was important that we kept trading well. That was vital if we were ever to come out of this mess. So with with the vulture funds, I suppose, look, they're not pleasant to deal with. Um, Did they look for more? Yeah, yeah, well, that would be the nature of the beast. Um, and is that what had to happen? And they got more, yeah. Look, they were my they were my new landlords. Um, they were the owners of the, the loan book. So I was answerable to the, the vulture funds. Mm. So how did it resolve itself or has it? Well, after three years of negotiation, which was uh, fairly difficult, but look, we lobbied them hard and we often called to Dublin and announced and had a, had a chat with them. I eventually convinced them that to sell the shop, the loan book back to me at market value would make sense for them as well as for me. So I managed to get the shop back in my own hands at market value, but I suppose... I'm starting from scratch again now with the loan, but it is a market value, so it's a realistic loan. Mm. And, and so just to explain one thing, and I don't really fully understand how this works myself, um, the Vulture Fund, was it the Dublin office of a big international Vulture Fund that you were dealing with? Yeah, it would have been the Dublin office of an American Vulture Fund who would have probably picked my store up in, in a mixed bag of goods and they would separate them all out and then sell them at a profit. That would be their idea. Did they find it a bit unsettling that you would occasionally just turn up in the office and go, lads, I want to talk to you about where we stand? Well, I suppose I was always trying to make it personal with them. You know, they can be um, a little bit inhuman, but I, I just felt that if you built up a relationship with them and I told them about my 32 people and the 10-year struggle that we had and, you know, I managed to source finance through Bank of Ireland and that I was ready to get the shop back in my hands and they were still going to walk away with a profit and that I was... What did it feel like then when you finally struck a deal with them that you wasn't perfect, but one that gave you a fighting chance? Well, it was, it was funny about striking the deal because I, I, I got a phone call with a figure and I had 15 minutes to think about it and I had a quick cup of tea and I, I said yes and the wheels were in motion. Was it relief? It was relief and I suppose shock. Um, little did I think that so many years later I would be in this position. But it was it was super, like it just made all the work worth it. Um, yeah, so so where do you stand now? Because you mentioned you got the loan back. It's a bit complex at, yeah. at market value. What do you mean by that, Podrick? Well, I suppose the shop went up on the open market. That's what I paid for, you know, so as such I didn't get my shop back for nothing. 
um, I paid the price that should have been paid first day. Right, and, and did you have to get a loan to do that? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, from yeah. a different bank. from Bank of Ireland, yeah. Right, and and then so that but that's at, at a much more manageable oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, rate. It's normal. So, so, so as far as you're concerned now, Spar and Croom and the 32 staff and the the team around it and it's an important part of the local community as well at the heart of it is on a very solid footing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a very viable business um, with a good future. Now, here's the thing that two people will enjoy, I think, really about yeah. this. The irony of ironies is that you dealt with Ulster Bank, you had your difficulties with them, they sold the loan to the Vulture Fund, and then what about the Ulster Bank branch in Croom? Well, I suppose I, I had... Um, the bank had laid idle, um, um, and I wasn't sure what their plans were. Um, and just as I struck the deal with the Vulture Funds, the bank came up for sale. Um, now, it was beyond my wildest dreams to ever buy the bank and contemplate developing the store into the bank, but that's what was about to happen. You bought the building that Ulster Bank were housed in, in Croom. Yeah, you couldn't write it. What did that feel like? Um, I, I don't know, I suppose. It's been such a tough road. Um, I suppose I'm delighted for myself, first of all, and my family. And I suppose the thirty people, thirty-two people that stuck with me, because over the years, like there were days when wages weren't paid on the correct day and got pushed out by a few days, and people told not to cash checks for lunch and stuff, and that was hard going for everyone. You know that affected their lives as well, and I was always very conscious of that. So you're going to expand Spar into what was the Ulster Bank branch building? Yeah, um, rather than leave, I suppose, the building idle in Croom, you know, it's, um, I have secured funding to expand the store into the Ulster Bank and to do the entire shop up and hopefully employ another 10 or 12 people and bring the numbers up to 45. When you walked into the building, you know, having bought it, the Ulster Bank branch in Croom for the first time, Podrick, what did that feel like? Well, to be honest, I did feel like I should be sitting on a rocking chair smoking a cigar, but I don't smoke. But it had that kind of a feeling, you know, I suppose. Like I said at the start of the interview, it felt like we were pushing water up a hill, but it was actually possible. Listeners, as I said earlier, have a perception maybe of what it is like to run a business. You know, they might feel that people who run businesses are on the pig's back. Mm -hmm. But talk about that reality and indeed for the staff too, and the sacrifices that you had to make. And do you think it's more typical of business, that sort of battle, than people realise? Yeah, like you said, I, I don't know anyone that goes into business to make the quick buck. It's all about having a viable business um, with, I suppose, an eye to the future and, I suppose, hopefully leaving it there behind you. Um, like Even today, we're very viable, but it's still a very competitive market. We work in and we're very conscious of that. Mm. Uh, of course, for Croom itself, um, and this is the downside, it, there isn't a bank branch, isn't the AIB left as well and Ulster Bank? Isn't That's correct, right? yeah. yeah. So so w what options are there for that, ATMs? Yeah, we got an ATM in, in store soon after that. But look, like I say, people in Croom are resilient. Um, I wouldn't be here telling the story today if I wasn't well supported over the years. Um, I think everybody in Croom knew my story all along. It wasn't a very well-kept secret as I was, as I was openly telling people. But look, we're very lucky. We have a great butchers in Croom. We have a bakery in Croom, brilliant hairdressers, brilliant pharmacy. There's a lot of business in Croom, a lot of hinterland feeds into Croom. Do you believe the economy is on a better footing now, although Brexit is a big worry? 
I think the economy is definitely in a good place. Um, it's all about working and there's definitely more people working today than there has been in the last five years. Um, and I think Limerick in general county and city is going well. Mm. And it's reflected in Croom for sure. It is, yeah. We opened our beautiful town park um, three years ago and that's definitely attracted massive footfall into Croom as well. Mm. What about the Ryder Cup coming to a day or not far from Croom? Yeah, it's great. It's a great news story. Like It's great for the whole of Limerick. I think it's actually great for the whole Mun- Munster region. I imagine people will fly in and spend a few weeks in Ireland and get to see the sights. Hmm. Did anyone from Ulster Bank or who used to work there or whatever ever say to you, well, fair play to you, Padraig. <laughs> you, you, you bought the building we used to be in after everything that went on. Yeah, I met a, I met a good few uh, Ulster, Ulster Bank personnel after. And like I say, I have to say, they were more than courteous to me throughout the years and they were always very, very professional. And I, I'll be honest, I, I think they're actually delighted. You know, it is it is a good news story and I suppose the bank went through its own problems but like the people at the forefront were always, I suppose, very courteous to myself and very courteous to, to all the staff in the shop. What's been the impact on your family of the last 10, 15 years really? Well, I'm lucky to have a very supportive family. Um, like my wife would often say to me, you know, she'd say how things go and I'd say we're getting there and she'd say are we ever going to get there? And I think we had that conversation for 10 years solid. And I suppose, you know, I'd, I'm originally from Kerry. I'd ring my mum in the evening and she'd always say, oh, you're one of thousands, you know, trying to console me. But um, I suppose, look, I've had great support over the years, you know, and I suppose it's it's good to talk. And I'm glad from day one I was open about my troubles. Nice. Well, you have your uh, young fella in here with you. Um, bit of support, which is great. Um, and finally, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from it all? That's a very good question. Um, I don't know, I, I suppose the reward is hard work. Like, it was tough going, but I think we kept the bright side out. Um, I think we've managed to smile, and I suppose we've had the odd laugh through um, the tough times. And I suppose we stuck we stuck through together. We're kind of a big family in Croom and in the spar shop, and I suppose there isn't a day go, goes by that we don't have a bit of fun, and that keeps us going and hard work. Good. Well, long may it continue for you and for your staff who obviously showed fantastic loyalty uh, as well, which is a credit to all of them and the people in Croom as well who've supported Sparn and will continue to do so. But I think there are a lot of listeners this morning, some involved in business, maybe some not, some who've dealt with banks and financial institutions in different ways over the last few years who will smile. They they might raise a a glass of uh, milk or or a a cup of coffee to you this morning, Padraig. It's a a super, super uh, story. And thank you very much for coming in and telling us all about it. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Sean. That's Padraig Broderick from The Spar in Croom. Call Limerick today now on 461995.